Introducing Brian Breaker, the biggest icon in wrestling. Daniel Ross. This is the Saturday Morning Rumble Wheel. What is going on? What are you doing? We will not go quietly into the night. Hang on! Houston, you have a problem. Boom shakalaka! I'm sweating like a pig here. It's a lot of guitar! Mr. Freedom! Eat the pizza. Ladies and gentlemen, it is that time once again for some Saturday morning nostalgia. It is a Saturday morning rumble wheel. Welcome to the show. My name is Brian Breaker, and joining me as always on this weekly dose of nostalgia is my friend Daniel Cross. Daniel, are you ready for some Saturday morning fun? I am ready for some fun, and uh, pants are encouraged, but they are optional on the Saturday morning rumble wheel. Indeed, we want to encourage pants, but, you know, if you just woke up, and decide, hey, you know what? I don't want to put pants on yet. We get it. We get it. I totally understand. Yes. Uh, it is episode 39 I don't even wear this a shirt week. half the time. What's that? I'm sorry. Go ahead. I said I don't even wear a shirt half the time. There you go. <laughs> there you go. Um, you know what's funny is when I was a kid, I uh, I didn't find it that odd if I saw a guy running without a shirt on. You know, like I felt like it was maybe more acceptable in the 90s. True. Never would do that as an adult myself, ever. Oh, yeah. No, I totally wouldn't. Yeah. Um, just even when I was like in really good shape, like I wouldn't have done that. I don't know. Just odd, I guess. <laughs> so we had this. Uh, actually, he was a pastor of all people. He was a Lutheran pastor here in town. And his house is like right on Main Street. So like, you know, the high center for traffic in Concordia, Missouri. Yeah. <laughs> and he would mow his yard with these short shorts on and no shirt. And he was about 60, you know, gray chest hair. And uh, he would put on a put on quite the show for all the people passing by on Main Street. That's what I mean. There's always like that. I remember there was a guy that used to go out in his front yard and do Tai Chi, which uh, people don't know what Tai Chi is. It's this very slow, methodical style of martial arts. I only know this because my dad, well, myself as well, but my dad's been involved in martial arts for like 45 years now. So he recognized what it was. This guy is incredibly out of shape. He's shirtless and he's wearing short shorts. And when you said that, that <laughs> totally dawned on me. I'm like, oh my god, that guy. And so he would be out I think there. Every his, town has guy. Yeah. And so he'd be out there in his front yard doing these slow movements, you know, and to the point where when people would see that, you know, that didn't know martial arts, because like, you know, with with karate or any type of martial arts, most people only know like basically what they see on television if they've never actually seen a workout. And so they're like, everyone would be like, so is that like, is that what you guys do? My dad's like, no, absolutely not. That's not what we do. You know, but it's, it's interesting that when you see something like that, you're like, man, would it kill you to put a shirt on? Cause I don't think it'd be that big a deal, you know, but ah, it's weird. People are odd sometimes. Got to show off a little for the ladies. <laughs> must be, must be a show for the ladies. Cause it's not for us. I'll tell you that. Um, <laughs> Well, uh, this week is episode 39, which is kind of crazy that we are uh, well on our way to 50 episodes, which uh, which is insane. Um, if you've missed last, the last few weeks, we had some doozies, including WWE Films, which I think was an eye-opener for both of us, considering that we saw several um, movies that we didn't even realize were WWE Films. So there was quite a, quite a list of movies. 
Yeah, yeah, no, I enjoyed it. Didn't think we'd go a whole whole episode, but there was a lot of movies to talk about. So yeah, we uh, the week before that we had a double dose. We covered WWF Bendems and uh, Big Bad Beetleborgs, which is two very random episodes. Oddly enough, I uh, my my grandmother, there my uh, my parent, my mom and her sisters are doing a bunch of estate sales for my grandmother because she was quite the collector in her life. And, um, I've talked about it on here, I'm sure, but about kind of getting into wrestling figures through her because she found so many at garage sales and flea markets and such. Well, uh, they found a bunch of carded wrestling figures in her house, like a lot of bone crunching really? figures and stuff. Well, <laughs> one of them, cause I got to go up there and kind of look at them yesterday. And I actually was able to take this one home. Cause I, I asked my mom I was like, would I kind of keep this? And she's like, you haven't taken anything. Yeah, you can have that. And it was a maximum sweat, Shawn Michaels. So I was happy about that. Still in the, still in the car. Too. No kidding. That's awesome. But, uh, one of the ones she had was the Bendham's Jeff Jarrett. And what is interesting about that is it was the NWA singlet, Jeff Jarrett. Do you remember that from like early 98? Uh, yeah, 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 I remember that. Kind of the Aztec look with the orange boots and stuff. And I remember thinking, like, how weird that they, uh-huh. that's the only figure he got in that gear. Very, very crazy. But it was pretty cool to, to see. I'm like, huh, oh, yeah, I remember that. So how much would you have freaked out if you would have, like, stumbled upon, like, a carded Yokozuna or something? I would have lost bro. my mind if I would have – I mean, but the thing is, like – They've learned, because I didn't know this, but if you take a picture of something on the eBay app, it'll literally pull it up on eBay. I didn't know that. Uh-huh. And um, and so now it's kind of hard to get past people what they have. And uh, I, I, don't right. know, I feel like back in the day, would it have been possible to buy a carded Yokozuna for like $10? Yeah, probably. Today, not so much. It would be, it'd be a lot harder to pull that off, I feel like. Yeah, yeah. Or for some reason, she happened to have the one, two, three kid. Yeah, nothing, nothing super valuable uh, wrestling toy wise, but it was cool to see it all. You know, it's like, oh wow, that's that's pretty fun. Uh, yeah, I mean that's awesome. Like to you know find a carded figure that's been sitting there for thirty years and oh, yeah. no one really knew was there. Right. It's it's definitely it's definitely wild for sure. Uh, but yeah, like I said, WWE films, Bendums, Big Bad Beetleborgs, and then just a couple of weeks ago, we covered Happy Meals, which is a fun one. Obviously, me and you are both big fans of the Happy Meals, or we were back in the day. They don't really quite fill us up these days, but they're still fun. Yep, yep. This week, we're going to get into the nitty gritty here. Getting in trouble in school. This was uh, brought to us by a good friend of the show, Steve Hoker, and... I feel like this might be an interesting topic because I don't feel like either one of us were huge troublemakers. So no, so I didn't get in trouble in school a lot, but I certainly did a little bit. Uh, um, and we'll kind of we'll kind of start with that. Um, you know, our generation was an interesting one because our parents, when they went to school, that you know they still got licks, right? I mean, I'm sure you've yep. heard, you've heard about that, where like the teachers would actually give you spankings, which is kind of. Really, for me, it's hard to even wrap my head around that. But back then, that was a thing. We came to the generation where that really wasn't the case, and and so like the most uh, uh, the school could really do, I guess, is put you in detention, uh, suspend you, even expel you. I guess if it got really bad. Um, again, I never really had a lot of um, a lot of issues getting in trouble, but. I certainly did a few times. Um, so what are your thoughts on, on kind of that generational thing where, you know, back in the day it was literally a capital punishment. Like they're going to smack you if you, if you get in trouble. And so uh, 
Yeah, I I ended up going to a private school, a Lutheran private school, and they actually still did a little bit of that, not a lot, um, very little. And so it was really, and all I can remember, I had a fifth grade teacher when you really had to screw up and do something bad, but he would actually have this wooden paddle, and I think he only used it one or two times my entire fifth grade year. But it was still kind of weird thinking back on it. But anyway, basically, it was kind of a... Anyway, if you got hit with a paddle, you got to put a sticker on it. So, like, like a badge was, of honor, almost. Yeah, yeah. So there's this big long paddle with maybe I don't know a dozen or two dozen stickers on it. So it's not like he used it a whole lot, and I imagine he had to retire it at some point. So we're talking 1996, maybe 97. Um, so there was still a little bit of that, but only because I didn't go to public school. Um, so yeah. Anyway, I got I got a little bit. Got a little bit of that, but I mean, totally would not fly at all today. I mean, people be fired and all sorts of stuff today. Be on social media, who knows? Lawsuits, be crazy stuff. Well, that's an interesting topic to dive into. Um, I don't have kids myself, so I'm sure my opinion is a little bit jaded. But I would have a really, really hard time letting someone that wasn't me or Mm -hmm. my spouse spank my child. Because I feel like that's one of those things that could easily go way too far, you know? And Right. And, like, you know, that's something I've noticed just with myself. Like, there's moments where your kid acts up and you, you want to, you know, you just want to paddle him. You're like, he just deserves it. He needs it. Yeah, yeah. But then you, you take a breather, you step back, and you're like, okay, that wasn't that bad. I, maybe I just wasn't. Maybe I was just a little hot around the collar, you know, on this day. And, uh, but then... uh Sorry, my son just walked in. Speak of the devil. <laughs> Get out of here. I'm going to give you a paddle. No. Um, <laughs> but anyway, so anyway, my, my thought is, you know, once I take a step back, take a breather, I'm like, okay, he really probably doesn't deserve, you know, to get a paddle today. But I don't know that a teacher, you know, who just, you know, who's angry, upset, on the edge of her seat every day, that she would take the time to take that breather. So I imagine a lot of times, you know, they just hit kids out of frustration, or they used to. Um, and then if yeah, if that happened today, then, yeah, I would have a problem with that because I'm like, how bad could this have really been that he deserved that or she deserved that? Well, not only that, you love your children, obviously. Right. So you go in with that mindset. I guarantee you all these teachers don't love their students, you know. And and they may say that, but there's one or two that they literally hate. <laughs> so I don't like looking back on it now. I think it's it's probably I and I get it. Trust me, there were kids that I knew in school. Did they deserve one? One hundred percent. But yeah, it's it's that weird fine line to cross. Like I remember, um, I remember just so many times seeing teachers just explode and start screaming at kids like where I'm thinking like even as like a second or third grader thinking like wow you are nuts you know like I don't know if you ever experienced <laughs> that but and and I get oh, no, it yeah. I get it now more when you're when you're a little stressed out and like when your buttons get pushed it, it it does put you to that point of explosion I think it's uh I think it's probably better to like you said uh chill think about it, take five minutes, uh, let your head cool off and realize, okay, it's probably not a big deal, but you know, we're all human. We all can make mistakes. Um, but I, I know for me when I was in school and I, I'm talking more like elementary, I guess, and Hoker may have meant all the way up, but, um, for me, elementary getting in trouble was a much bigger deal. 
because I never really got in trouble in high school because my whole mindset on high school was like get in and get out. Uh-huh. I'm like, I, I don't, I don't, I'm not going to hang around. I'm just going to come to school. I'm going to go to class and then I'm going to leave. That's, that's my day. But in elementary, it's obviously a little bit different than that because you have uh, so much more going on. It seems like, um, but I remember uh, all of our classes had this where you'd have our, our name up on a, on like a bulletin board and like a little envelope. And if you got in trouble, you had to put in a card. Did you ever have that? Uh, not that exact system, but similar. Yeah, we had some kind of star chart system. So, like, I remember it changed every class, but it would be like you put in, like, a, a yellow card, then a green card, then a red card, and then, like, the worst was, like, a black card like oh no like you were oh so man you got the black trouble. card yeah and <laughs> and it basically what it was was um like if if the principal came in he could kind of see where like how bad the kids were that day or oh you flipped a card what were you what'd you flip a card for oh i was talking well you shouldn't be talking that's detention or whatever it might have been um uh-huh. but you know what's funny is back back in the day if i ever got detention which wasn't often it was rare but it was like just during recess. So it's like 20 minutes. But man, that felt like the worst day ever, right? If you had detention. Yep. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, anytime you had to miss recess was terrible. So here's my, I'll tell you my story. Um, it involves pornography. Oh, boy. <laughs> Not really, uh, but it kind of does. Anyway, you just got everybody <laughs> so turning up their six, volume on their, yeah. on their on their iPads right now. So sixth grade, so 1998, or it could have been early 90s or late 97, somewhere there. Uh, we had just gotten computers in our school, and which I don't know if you kind of remember that, like the big day when you finally got a computer lab or something. Oh, yeah. So we got a computer lab, you know, 15 brand-new computers, and everything was dial-up and took forever. So, you know, we were having classes basically on how to use the Internet because mm-hmm. it was fairly new to everybody. Sure. So, which is kind of just funny to think of, you know, that that's when that kind of took place. But anyway, our teacher, sixth-grade teacher, took the whole class of the computer lab, and the assignment was find something about the weather. Okay. So, Okay. Uh, so this was before Google, this was before Yahoo, there were no search engines. The only way you could find something was by knowing the exact website and you had to type it in. At least I think, I don't, I don't know what, I don't even remember back then before search engines. <laughs> but, uh, so anyway, I had no idea what to look for. So I'm like, okay, something about the weather. I'm going to type in channel9.com and just, you know, figured channel9.com, that was kind of our local news station. I was like, maybe they have their own website. I have no idea. So I typed in channel9.com, and then, you know, you remember back in the day, the slow, it took 30 seconds to one minute to load a whole web page. Mm-hmm. So something starts loading. I'm like, oh, cool. So I yell, I actually yell at my teacher. I'm like, hey, miss, I'm going to give her a name, uh, Miss Hink, come on over. And as by the time she walks over there, this picture of, I don't know if it was a naked lady or a half naked lady or whatever had already pretty much like started to load on the computer. Yeah. And then she was like, Daniel, that is pornography. Turn it off. I'm like, okay, yeah, sorry. (laughs) (laughs) So that was it. And it was probably like two o'clock. The day was almost over. So, you know, embarrassing. Everybody was making fun of me, but whatever. I go home, come to school the next day. And it was the worst day of school I ever had. She pulled me out in the hall, like first thing in the morning 
And she said, I want you to tell me exactly what you typed on that computer. And I said, I typed in channel9.com. She said, don't you lie to me. And I'm like, I'm serious. I typed in channel9.com. So she just keeps pushing me and grilling me like, you know, I committed murder or something. And like she's some kind of a detective trying to get the, the dirt out. Well, she's probably thinking so that's my you whole story. like uh, you know, super sleazy porn, xxx.com or something. <laughs> right. So, uh, and I'm sure she was fairly new to the Internet, too, you know, back then. Well, yeah. She didn't really know. This probably is probably, what, late either. 90s, you know? Yeah. It was kind of funny, you know, to think before search engines and, and before, uh, what do you call them, fire, what are they, fire screens? Oh, screen, firewalls. Those things that, yeah, before firewalls, before you could block pornography, probably. Um, that a teacher just would turn you loose. Hey, kids, just type in random websites. Because, <laughs> I mean, that's what you had to do. So two or three times that day, she pulls me out in the hall. She's just grilling me, trying to get the what she thinks is the truth out. And I keep telling her, Channel 9, that's all I typed in was Channel 9. So uh, she ended up, you know, I was 11, 12. So, I mean, she had me crying a few times, you know, because was, I was emotional and it was frustrating and, she wouldn't believe me, and she was calling me a liar and all these other things. So finally, like 2 o'clock, my, my fifth-grade teacher, the one that used to beat us, he <laughs> he was actually a really nice guy. He actually just passed away uh, a few weeks ago. But, uh, no, he was actually one of my favorite teachers. He said, well, Daniel, let's he, he pulled me out of class, and let's just go down to the computer lab, and we'll do it again. So I get on the computer lab, and I type in channel9.com, and the same picture starts to load. And he's like, okay, we better turn that off. So, okay. Well, it turns out I typed in Chanel 9, which I guess is a perfume or something. Oh. Yeah, so I, I, which I still have never to this day forgotten how to spell it. So <laughs> Chanel is C-H-A-N-E-L, and then Channel is C-H-A-N-N-L. So I left out an N. Yeah. So then I, I told my uh, fifth grade, my the guy who took me down to the computer lab, I said, so am I not in trouble? He said, no, Daniel, you just need to work on your spelling. Yeah. <laughs> so I, like, power walked, and I, I was full of confidence at this point. So, like, I went back up, you know, stairs, and my teacher was sitting at the desk, and I, like, power walk and strut into the room, and I, like, slam my hand on her desk, and I said, I typed in channel nine, and then I went and sat down, pretty much cut a promo on her. Nice. The sixth grade pipe bomb of, of 1998. Well, let's, and then uh, go ahead, she right. then she got up out of her chair and ran out of the room to confirm my story. And then yeah, then she pulled me back out in the hallway, you know, and said, you know, I'm so sorry, Daniel. I apologize, and you know, whatever. But uh, yeah, that was my that was the biggest time I ever got in trouble. I think. Well, what's funny about that is. Why would you type in a porn website and then rush your teacher over? Hey, come check this out. You know, <laughs> like it, it's, I don't know. But I think also, you know, we, our generation, we didn't grow up with like, um, technology. Like I remember, um, you know, there was a situation similar in sixth grade where a, a kid brought a naked lady, a picture, like, and yeah. it was like on printout computer paper, like black and white, you know? And he had it in a folder. And so guess what? He shows every boy. And we were like, oh, my God. You know, because at that right. time, like, trying to see a picture of a naked woman was not easy to come by. 
And, and of course, word gets around, and he got in bit, big bad trouble for it because he had it in his backpack. But it's like, oh, yeah, of course, you know, you're, everyone's going to tell everybody. That's just the way it is. Oh, yeah. The girls found out, and they ratted him out. Of course. and But it, it's like I remember a kid in computer lab did try to print out a naked woman. Like, he did try <laughs> to print it, and it didn't. He got about halfway uh-huh. through, and he got in trouble. Um, I got into a fight in, like, fifth grade, and... It wasn't even like a bad fight, but it was just kind of like me and this other kid wrestling around more or less. And um, I can't even remember why we got into a fight, but we get sent to the office and there was this bench in there. And I remember me and him, they, they made us sit on two ends of the bench. So he sat on one end and I'm and like literally like a third person would have filled it up. So it's like we're ba- we're basically sitting next to each other and, and like you guys have to wait here for the principal. And so we're waiting there and waiting there. And it felt like forever. And finally we start talking and basically made up in that process. And, and like the principal walks in and sees us, like, what are you guys doing in here? And, uh, you know, the first kid's like, we're, we're waiting to, uh, to talk to you. He's like, all right, step in my office. And so he goes in and I was like, do you need to see me? And he goes, no. And he closes the door. And then like two seconds later, that kid, his name was Adam opens the door and he kind of waves me in. He's like, I'm sorry, we do need to speak to you. I didn't realize you guys got into a fight. And, you know, it was like, it was barely any, any of a fight, but he basically asked us what happened. And I can't remember. It was something stupid that we got into it about. And he, uh, he gave me three days of detention because I didn't lie. And he gave that other kid five days of detention because he lied. <laughs> yeah. Cause he, I guess when, when he stepped in, he said something about, you know, how did the, how did this start? And he told him and it, whatever it was, he lied about it. And then I came in and my story was different. And, but what was funny is before we stepped, before the principal stepped in, he's like, Hey, whatever happens, happens. And we shook hands. Like it to us, it was like the most like traumatizing thing in the world. And back in the day, oh, yeah, a detention slip you had to have signed by your parents, right? Like right, so yeah. now, like not only are you missing three days of recess, uh, you have to uh, you have to basically tell your parents, "Hey, I got in trouble." And that was a bad day. Oh yeah, how were your parents? Were they uh, the disciplinarians? Were they hard on you? Depending on the situation, yeah. because the other kids started the fight, they weren't really too upset, other than. My my dad's biggest concern is like, well, did he get in trouble too? And I'm like, yeah. And he goes, okay, well, that's all you can do, you know. <laughs> always, always defend yourself. And I'm like, oh, yeah, I did. So it's no big deal. But they didn't try to fight the punishment. I do re- I do have a, a really funny story because my mom was very much like, hey, if you got in trouble, you got in trouble. That's on you. But if she felt like something was uh, bogus, she was the first to call it out. Uh, and she, uh-huh. she would be up there in that school like raising cane, you know. So when I was in eighth grade, I completely forgot about this until just this moment. We had this new vice principal and she, her name was Miss Chambers. And I'll never forget the, like this woman. Cause she, I don't know. She looked like an Oompa Loompa kind of, uh-huh. and she had sideburns, which is irrelevant, I guess, but that's how she looked. Right. But she came in cause our other vice principal got fired. Cause I guess they felt like he just kind of was like, whatever, you know, which was probably the truth. So she came in and is like, it's one of those things when like a new boss kind of comes in where they feel like they have to put their fingerprints down, you know, and mm-hmm. let everyone know they're in charge. 
So I get a note to go to the cafeteria in school, like second, third period or something like that. So, okay. So I go to the cafeteria and there's like 15 kids in there and none of us know why we're in there. And, and also too, not really troublemaker kids, right? You know, cause you, you always know who the troublemakers are. And so she's in there. She's like, so does anyone know why I called you in here? We're all like, no, I called you in here because at the first day of school, you were all assigned a locker and a lock and you had to pay like a deposit on this. Like, I think it was like four bucks. And at the end of the year, when you turn in your lock, you got $2 back or so. I don't remember something stupid like that, but of course your parents pay it. Right. And no big deal. And, uh, why she called us in there is because we had extra locks on our locker. So what people were doing for, to be funny, it was, they would find an open lock and they'd put it on the handle of your locker. Oh, yeah. So the way the lockers worked is there was the handle with like the button that came up and then there was a single hole that would only fit the lock. So what they would do is they'd come and put extra locks on your handle. That's funny. Yeah. And it really didn't bother me because it's like I just I just move out of the way and I could open my locker. No big deal. That's what she was upset about. And so we're all looking like, really? And so someone's like, I didn't put it there. We'll take it off. And he goes, I don't know the combination. <laughs> right. Which was funny. And so she was like, all right, well, if these locks are not removed by the end of the day, you will all be in detention. And so we're all like, really, I guess, flabbergasted. Like, what do we do here? Right. Mm-hmm. I didn't put the lock there. I don't know why it's there. Someone was having a fun, I guess. Not Nothing I can do. So my mom picks me up and I explained to her what happened. And I was like, and if I don't get it taken off, I'm going to have detention. She goes, oh, no, you will not. And she was like, <laughs> like, and you tell her, I said, you will not have detention. If she wants to lock off, she can take it off. And so um, I saw her in the hall and I told her exactly what my mom said. And she looked really um, shocked by that statement because I pretty much told her what my mom said with, you know, this was before the days of helicopter parents, uh, parent, uh, teachers, they weren't used to that kind of thing. Right. They weren't but, used to push back from parents. Right. But I think also too, it, it was, it was a weird thing if she was like, for whatever reason, like they probably had no locks or something. And so she was like, well, I'm going to figure out where, why all these people have extra locks. And I'm thinking like, it does me no good to have two on there because it's like, it's literally just in the way. And so, Anyway, none of us ended up in detention <laughs> because she realized at that point she was being stupid. But it was just kind of an ironic thing of, you know, her getting bent out of shape for no reason. And most of the parents at that time were like, oh, absolutely not. That's the stupidest thing I've ever heard. So, um, mm-hmm. yeah, just a just a dumb thing. So it totally reminds me. Are you a fan of Uncle Buck, the TV, the movie? Oh, yeah, Definitely. So do you remember that scene? It, I don't know. It's like the best scene ever, but he goes into the principal's office and talks to the principal about his uh, niece. Right. Yeah, yeah, fantastic scene. Love that scene. John Candy. He, is, uh, he was so, you know, John Candy, very underrated, I think. Oh, yeah. Probably awesome. died too soon. He was so, not only good at comedy, but he was so good at drama, too. Like, uh, is that you know, of course, everybody knows that one scene in Planes, Trains, and Automobiles, you know, where he's... Uh, Anyway, going off on Steve Martin. But uh, anyway, so that scene in Uncle Buck where he, like, chews out the principal and, 
You know, he says, I don't believe there are any such thing as bad eggs until dried up skags like you tell them they're no good or something like that. Yeah. Then, of course, the famous line where he says, here's a nickel. Go downtown and go buy a rat to gnaw that thing off your face. <laughs> <laughs> I knew exactly the part you were going mole. to. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, so love that line. I had actually heard Uncle Buck. Here's a quarter. Go, go buy a rat and all that thing off your face. I heard Uncle Buck inspired Home Alone because Macaulay Culkin looking through the mail slot. Um, oh, yeah, it makes sense. Which is funny. Also, I've heard, you know that he's in uh, Home Alone as well, uh, John Candy is. Yeah. And, and probably, it's almost like a cameo because it's such a small part. But that scene where he's talking about losing his kid at the funeral home, <laughs> apparently yeah. was entirely ad-libbed. <laughs> I love that scene. <laughs> I, I my favorite part of that is how serious he is. But he's like, you know, six seven weeks. He came around, started talking again. You know, he's like, my kids are resilient. <laughs> like that that line just cracks me up. Six seven weeks. You know, <laughs> that was not that that scene. Like totally, you don't really catch that as a kid. But like as an adult, you watch that, and like I just kind of caught that whole thing. How funny that was just a couple of years ago. Yeah. I'm like, oh my gosh, that is hilarious. It's, it's, yeah, it's and apparently scene. he did that. I guess he did that all on his, like he, uh, he, they filmed that whole thing in one day, the scene in the airport and yes. then the scene in the, the van. And I guess he just did it as a favor to whoever the director was. Yeah. I and think, he, I he think he didn't get paid or anything. He just, yeah, I heard yeah, that he basically, basically just on his day off or something. Yeah. They got him for like only 12 hours. And so they literally uh-huh. made him work 12 hours straight to try to get as much out of him as they could. Um, but I also love when he's in that, in the airport and he's like, you know, the Kenosha kickers and he's like trying to, to be like, Hey, I'm a big deal. And she has no idea. And you can tell it's like, he looks, he almost reminds me of that indie wrestler. That's like things that you should have heard of him, but you have no idea who he is. Yep. Yep. I know what you're talking. (laughs) Very, very funny. But yeah, that, that scene is great. But now what do you, what do you think it is? Like, have you ever noticed? I mean, I've always noticed this, like comedians, they are like so good at doing drama as well. So you think like John Candy, Tom Hanks. I'm sure there's others, but not all people who are drama actors can do comedy. Yeah. So I wonder. I wonder what it is about comedy that kind of prepares you for drama. I can't say that's always the case. Like I never thought. But so Will Ferrell. So he's one I've never really enjoyed in dramas. Not that he's done a whole lot. Right. But uh, I think it's almost too because of his uh, brand of comedy. Like his comedy is so dry anyway yeah. that when he does drama, it's almost like he's doing the exact same, you know, character. And it's like, wait, this isn't funny. This is just drama. Right. Well, I think sometimes too it depends on the story. Will Ferrell's most of his movies are really over the top. Where, um, you know, my dad brought this up one time about Jim Carrey. He said, you know, the funny yeah. thing about Jim, one? Ca- Jim Carrey. Even like Dumb and Dumber, as goofy as that movie is, that scene where he's like, you know, t- saying like, I'm, I'm tired of being a nobody. I'm tired of eking my way through life. You really like feel for him. You're like, oh, this guy's such yeah. a loser. And it's kind of sad, you know, and I think even in The Mask, like he's just this kind of lovable loser and kind of gets everyone's steps on him and you kind of feel bad for him, right? And of course, he, he turns it up and with the comedy and makes it just over the top. But I think... um with acting, again, I know this is kind of going way off on a tangent, but I think that's it's timing and trying to be funny would be hard. Like I was watching a scene, I think it was from Friends the other day, and someone put it on TikTok and they took out the laugh track. And man, uh-huh. it's weird. It's to watch it is just not. It would be so hard to have that timing, you know, like without the the factored in laughs and stuff. Um, 
I don't know. I think I think doing both is is very much talent, you know. I think, but <clears throat> in a lot of cases, it's like wrestling. You know, not everybody mm-hmm. can be a technician, but you know, like how many guys are maybe not the best in ring perform- like Mick Foley. I don't think he was the best technician, but I love his matches, but he also knew who he was and what he needed to do to have the best match he possibly could. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I wonder, so it makes me wonder, cause I always think about this with the rock or maybe even Hulk Hogan, but you know, I'm always like, I bet you like actors hate those guys because you know, the rocks most highly paid, you know, actor in Hollywood but he never, you know, he didn't grow up doing probably, probably, I don't know his bio, but, you know, he didn't go to like theater and college and, you know, yeah. try to hone his craft and all that. I'm sure he took acting classes after the fact and after he started getting roles. But I wonder if it's the same thing with comedians because, like, well, you think of some more like Robin Williams, Bill yeah. Murray, uh, Steve Carell. He was great in that uh, Fox Catcher mm-hmm. or whatever. Like, they just nail it. Like, they nail it out of the park and they're better than, like, any other. They're better than, like, I don't know, Mel Gibson. I'm trying to think of someone who didn't start off in comedy. Right. But like like Robin Williams and drama, like amazing, right? Oh, yeah. So I don't know. It just makes me wonder if like classically trained actors like hate these guys who started off as like stand up comedians or if they kind of respect, you know, their own little journey that they came, you know, into the world of, of acting and drama and those things. It could be. It's it's hard to say. It's not like they you know, they were they were honing their craft as stand up comedians and you know, going through all that stuff, they just you know got to Hollywood a different way. Exactly, I think that's the that's the thing is like trying to figure out who you are. Um, I do I do have another funny story of, of being in eighth grade. So I yes. was, I had this geography class, and this lady was she was an odd one as far as the teacher goes. And I how it worked is you basically had to have your papers turned in um, every nine weeks or every quarter or whatever it was. And basically there was no due date. It just, you had to have them turned in at the end of the nine weeks. So I, like most kids did not make it a priority and thought, Oh, I'll get all these turned in, you know, at the end before, before the grade comes out. And so anyway, I, uh, I turn in all my papers and, well, before before I turned in my papers, I had like a D minus because you know she still was grading everything and counted those as zeros, right? And so that you know, uh-huh. I know that brings your average down. My mom flips out like, "How dare you? You know, be getting almost failing grade? You got to get your grade up." And I'm like, "Oh gosh, what am I gonna do?" So I do all my assignments, I catch those up, and now I'm at like a C plus because I wasn't the best like at geography or anything, especially at that time. So my mom's like, "Well, you need to go and see if there's extra credit." Okay. So I asked the teacher, I was like, hey, is there any extra credit I can do? She goes, your assignments. Do your assignments. Right. Very, very hateful acting. And I'm like, well, I've done them all. Well, just do better. I'm like, okay. <laughs> so I'm like, I just, you know, move on. So I tell my mom, like, well, she told me she doesn't do extra credit. I just need to do my assignments and do better at them. And so my mom gets a meeting with the principal and the teacher. And, uh, Basically, in that meeting, the teacher's like, oh, I never said he couldn't do extra credit and <laughs> and basically made up this whole big lie and we're going to allow extra credit and this and that. Because I guess they pulled up every kid's grade and in my class of like, say, 30 kids, like 27 were were like around a D 
And of course, my mom being who she is, is like, hmm, do you think that might be an issue if every kid's near failing? And of course, the principal's like, yeah, that is an issue. <laughs> you know, like they're like, it's it's so it's so funny how like, you know, again, if every kid's failing, clearly the teacher's not doing her job type of thing. So she all of a yeah. comes up and is like that Monday or whenever it was the next day of school, like, hey, so uh, we're going to start doing some extra credit. And of course, a kid chimes in like. Hey, I didn't think we did extra credit. Well, I never said that. And she just totally changes her story. It's just, <laughs> I don't know. It was always kind of funny to me to see when a teacher was was kind of snobby acting to kind of get their mm-hmm. just due, I guess. Because um, I had some good teachers, but I but then I felt sure. like most of them were just, especially at that time, they were just kind of either A, complained about their money all the time or just didn't care. And that always kind of right. got old, that always kind of got old to me. You know, it's like no one's making you do this profession. I understand it's you may not be paid as well as you want to be. It's, it is what it is. But like, I don't know. You shouldn't be paid to just sit there either. Yeah. So my wife, she actually was a teacher for like a couple of years uh, before we started having kids, mm-hmm. and she, you know, took college classes for it and all that. And she had a professor in college who basically said the same thing that I think we kind of all know, but that there's two kinds of teachers out there. There's, there's ones that get into it because they love education. They love teaching kids. They're wonderful people, all those things. And then there's those who get into it kind of for the power, kind of multiple reasons, the power they like, you know, exerting power over people Uh less, uh, less dominant than them. And uh, obviously then I think they also, the schedule that they enjoy the summers off and those things. And those types of people don't always make the best teachers. So I think in education you'll find, you know, the absolute best of people, but you'll also find the absolute worst of people because they're getting into something. Like I said, they're either like, I don't know, almost like power-hungry psychopaths, (laughs) you know, the way that they abuse students uh, verbally or or elsewise. Um yeah. Anyway, yeah, I had I had a couple of both, you know. Yeah. I had some really good ones, wonderful people, and I had a couple of bad ones, so. Yeah. Uh, I had a teacher in high school who, it was like a offshoot science class called zoology about animals, and uh-huh. he basically, and, I, and, I'm, and I'm not making this up. I was a senior in high school, and they said, hey, if you plan to go to college, you might want to take this type of science class, which I wasn't really planning college, but I thought I might go. And looking back on it, I was like, I probably should have just taken the easiest electives I could have. But I took the class, so it was yeah. what it was. <laughs> Here's what he did every day. Every day, and I'm not exaggerating, he would print off a word search like the kind you would find in a newspaper or a magazine. Like, you know, where you, all the words are scrambled up in there and you find them. After you found the 20 words, you had to turn the paper over and write a definition for all the words out of the book. Okay, That's what we did every day. And so uh, it, it gets brought up like, hey, do we have to do the word search? Yes, you have to do it. It's part of your grade. I'm like, why? <laughs> you know, like that was always kind of like, why do we have to do this word search? It was so stupid. But one one of the word searches, um, one of the words on there was DDT. And just to be funny, I wrote for the definition, Jake the Snake Roberts finishing maneuver. And he didn't count it wrong. So I knew at that point, like, oh, he's not even reading these. He's not even reading. Absolutely. It, it was just such a joke. And it was it was one of those things where, you know, as you get older and you start kind of thinking independently, you realize some of these classes are just – and I understand taking an elective. I took an elective called Current Events where we, like, read the newspaper. 
Mm -hmm. had to do like reports based off stuff in the newspaper and things like that. And basically it was, it was kind of a fun class because, you know, you just talked about news and there was a guy that had, you know, murdered a couple of people that was like relatively close to the area. And we were kind of discussing him and the cops were trying to find him. So that was kind of interesting. Um, but yeah, we kind of went through the whole newspaper. It was actually kind of a fun class, but we all knew it was like a stupid elective, you know? So, right. I don't know. It was, uh, it was interesting how some of the teachers were, like you said, I think you nailed it on the head. Some cared, some definitely did not. So my favorite, he just brought to, brought to mind a funny story. So I went, like I said, I went to a private uh, school from like preschool through eighth grade. And it was pretty hard. Like all the teachers were pretty hard nosed. Yeah. And, uh, you know, they beat us and stuff. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, it was tough. Like, you know, I was, uh, I was like a pretty well a C student. And then my first day of high school, like, and this is, I'm not saying like this is how public school is, but my very first day of high school, freshman year, my very first class was English. And it was with a guy named, uh, Josh Hood, who only, uh, or maybe it was Eric Hood. I don't know. Coach Hood is what everybody called him because he coached football. So my very first day of class, he sets us all down, and he's like, listen, guys, I'm going to be honest. with." I mean, this could have been like on a TV show. It was so funny. He's mm -hmm. like, I'll be honest with you. He's like, I'm not much of uh, a morning person. He's like, so as long as you guys are pretty well quiet, we probably won't do much the first half hour of class. And if you need me, I'm probably just going to be up here looking through magazines and ordering stuff for baseball. <laughs> <laughs> And, like, also, this was, like, his first day on the job in Concordia High School. Now, granted, he only made it, like, one year, and I think they fired him. But still, it was, like, hilarious because we were like, oh, this class rocks. Yeah. And then I'm thinking, is this how public school is? I should have started doing this 10 years ago. But, uh, yeah. yeah, Coach Hood. <laughs> I, I remember – you talk about teachers. Um, I, if, uh, for weird, whatever reason, this went from getting in trouble in school to crappy teachers. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I had a teacher in ninth Sub, grade. Subtopic today. Yeah, I got a teacher in ninth grade who would have us read. You know, like how in a science book you'll have like chapter one, section A or whatever, and that was like the uh -huh. section you studied. Well, there'd be like ten pages to read, and so like that was what we had to read in class and then we'd have like 10 questions well it was just enough time because it was like you know it was a lot to read especially with you know it being a topic you weren't really super invested in you know and so we'd have to read the whole thing then we have to do the 10 questions and and she would not let you do the questions until like the last 10 minutes of class knowing you'd have homework but you know, like oh, basically like pen no pencils like it was really i don't know i didn't like how she ran it but anyway when you answered the question, she would make you write the question out. So like on your notebook paper, you had to write, you know, number one and then write out this like five line question and then your answer. And she straight up told us the reason she had us write the questions is so she wouldn't have to take a book home. Nice. <laughs> like, good Lord, <laughs> you know, like you're making us spend all this extra time. So you don't have to take home a book, you know, like awesome, ridiculous. Now, granted, it, it's kind of funny because if you think about things in 2023 with like, you know, camera phones and all that stuff, it really wouldn't be an issue. But at that time, it was just like, what do you do? And so like, yeah, she wouldn't even let us do it in class. We had to take it home, which 
I've never been a big fan of homework. I think that's always kind of been a joke, but yeah, it is what it is. Yeah. But um, yeah, I think more people are moving away from, from homework. Did, uh, do you ever get busted cheating or anything like that? No, I saw a couple of kids get busted cheating. I will actually, I, I think I've told this story before, but this is one where I did dodge a bullet, but could have been way worse. I was in ninth grade and I was in like this U S government class or something or U S history. I can't remember. And, um, anyway, I went to the fair and I had this can of fart spray and, <laughs> yeah, and I, I don't that. know. I'm sure you've smelt this stuff. It did not smell good. One of the worst smells you could ever imagine. And I'm kind of like, it's one of those weird things where I'm like showing everybody like, check out what I got, you know, but I don't want to spray cause I don't want to get in trouble cause it stinks that bad. And, uh, earlier yeah. in the day, actually, it was actually the same kid I got into a fight with in fifth grade, oddly enough. Um, we were all walking out of the lunchroom and I got right up behind him and I got right onto his like jacket and I went just that much, just that little bit. And I actually saw the white stuff hit his jacket and I put the can up and in my pocket or whatever, we walked down the hall a little bit more and he looks back and he goes, man, something stinks. <laughs> and then he walks a few more steps and he kind of looks and he goes, Oh, I think it's me. <laughs> so he's like checking his shoes, thinking he stepped in dog crap or something. And I'm just like laughing hysterically because I think, well, you know, he doesn't know it's me and you know, we're going to a separate classroom. So no big deal. So I, so back to where I was at, I was in this ninth grade class and it was my fifth period at a sixth. So it was near the end of the day. I'm showing everybody fart spray and this kid's like, it's like, we're like a few minutes till the bell. And he's like, Hey, let me see it. Let me see it. I was like, no, dude, don't, no, 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 no. He's like, I'm not going to spray it. I'm not going to spray it. I'm like, no, 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 don't, no, 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 absolutely not. He straight up takes it out of my bag. I'm like, no, 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 don't. Yeah. that much and I'm like oh my god and he's just laughing he hands it back to me I put it in my bag and I'm like oh no bell rings I'm out of there you know and I'm just like oh that's horrible well we um, we had a uh, I think drama class was our next class period and so we were in this classroom because we weren't doing any plays or anything and I walk into the classroom think nothing of it it's just right down the hall from where I was and I think in that class everyone had a um, a job every week or something or like mm-hmm. you, you got to do the attendance once a week or something I don't remember like what one week it was your job to do attendance or something like that I don't know if you ever had any of that stuff and for whatever reason we all wanted oh, yeah. to do it even though it was dumb so I had to you know circle the you know the names of when they were here or not here or whatever it was and then put it in this box out in the hall so I opened the door, put it in the box out in the hall, and I realized that entire classroom is standing in the hall because it stunk so bad in there. Uh-huh. And I'm like, oh, no. This is a Friday, so the weekend's obviously coming up. And I'm sweating it the whole weekend. Oh, I'm going to be in so much trouble. Sure enough, the teacher asked me Monday, so I heard you had some uh, stinky stuff. And I told her, I was like, yes, I didn't spray it. He pulled it out. of Someone pulled it out of my bag and sprayed it. I'm sorry. She goes, okay, don't bring it back to school. It's like, no problem. So I got off pretty easy there, but to be fair, yeah, I shouldn't have had it in school. Definitely not. But I didn't actually spray it either. So it was kind of a, a tough call, but I'm glad I didn't actually get in trouble for it. It could have been a lot worse. 
Yeah, yeah, for sure. So this is maybe more of an adult-themed one. Um, so when I was a uh, fresh, no, I was a junior in high school. No, I would have been a senior. No, I was a junior, junior in high school. Anyway, New Year's Eve, uh, there was a big party, and all the high schoolers were there drinking and all that kind of stuff. So word got out about this party, and at that time I hadn't, I wasn't drinking or anything. So word got out about this party, and uh, yeah, I'll leave his name out of it. One of my people in charge at school. Anyway, he pulled me in, and he said, uh, "Were you at that party that uh, on New Year's Eve?" And I said, "Yes, I was." And he said. Were you drinking? I said, no, I was not. And he said, well, here's a piece of paper. I want you to write down every name of everybody that you remember from that party. And I was... That's so really not fair. <laughs> so my dad actually was pretty upset about that because, uh, you know, he was kind of forcing my hand to be a narc. Um, yeah, I, I wouldn't like that either. Like, yeah. to me, like, here's the thing. You chose not to drink as a high school kid, right. which is good, but... You can't control other people, you know. So he kind of, it wasn't a trick or anything, but he did say, he said, I don't want you to tell me. You don't have to tell me if they were drinking or if you saw them drinking. I just want the names of people you saw there. And I was like, okay. So I wrote down as many people as I could think of. Um, and then, you know, he pulled all those people into his office one by one. And then, you know, slowly but surely, like kids were kicked off the basketball team and, or at least suspended for the, cause we had, uh, now granted it was, they weren't suspended from school or anything, but you know, they had all those policies in place where, you know, yeah. you're going to play sports and you get caught drinking, you whatever, two weeks probation, that kind of stuff. <clears throat> so I wasn't, uh, again, I didn't get in trouble myself, but, uh, yeah, I don't know. That was kind of one of those, a lot of other people got in trouble based on, and I, I told everybody too. I said, hey, you know, he pulled me into his office. I wrote your name down and, you know, as many people as I came to in the hall. I said, he'll probably call you in there. I said, I didn't say anything, but, you know, be prepared. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, I was upfront about it. I didn't, I said, I didn't really know what to do. So I just wrote down everybody's name. So anyway, that was another instance of kind of getting in trouble, but not really. Yeah, that's really not a, not a nice thing to do to a kid. Kind of put him in that position where you're basically making them be a narc. Um, yeah, because probably if you refused, then you would have been in trouble. Right. Yeah. Which is which is unfair. Um, well, it's like I'm at that point. I was probably sixteen or seventeen. Probably didn't have a lot of wasn't prepared to handle that situation. So I just yeah. did what I was being pressured to do. You know. Yeah. I uh, one more story, and we'll kind of wrap it up here because we're kind of going a little long on time here. But I had a high school drama class, and that teacher was just kind of a doofus. Like he was. I don't know, very theatrical acting, which it was, I don't know, just weird. Uh -huh. And I don't know, he really was like, this play is going to be magnificent. And it's like, dude, no, it's not. It's like, <laughs> stupid. You know, like, come on. But uh, anyway, so a couple of things happened in that class. One time, again, when you're not in production of a play, there's really nothing to practice. So you kind of just hang out and talk and whatever. And uh, anyway... We uh, were watching a movie one day because he was not there. And so my buddy had rented 13 Ghosts. Uh -huh. He had it in his book bag. And so he switched the tape. Well, if people have not seen 13 Ghosts, there's there's quite a – like there's like a – it's this haunted house if I remember right. It's been a long time since I've seen it. But there's all these different ghosts. One of them is a naked woman ghost. Mm -hmm. 
And so we're watching the movie kind of all chuckling a little bit. And the substitute's like, is this okay for you all to watch? I'm like, that's what he left us. And she's like, okay, <laughs> I guess, you know, and, uh, and he, uh, he had a piece of paper that he sent us, sent it around basically like, Hey, write your name down that, that you're in school as like his way to do roll call. And uh-huh. so if you give me a piece of paper and tell me to write down names, like, Oh boy, you're really asking for it. Uh, so, this group of like five or six of us, we wrote, I mean, Rocky Balboa, Apollo Creed, <laughs> the ultimate warrior, you know, um, you know, Homer Simpson. I mean, pretty much any name or character you could think of was on there. Uh, it, it I think at the end of the class, I had like 145 names and, um, awesome. <laughs> anyway, yeah, he was not happy. And then when he heard about 13 ghosts, he was like, are you kidding me? Like he, and he was the type of guy, like he would just explode. He would, he would lose his mind. And it was just, I don't right. know, it was very, very funny. I got to tell this one real quick. Yeah, Cause he ahead. totally reminded we did, uh, it wasn't a class. It was like a special guest speaker that came into a class. Anyway, he gave everybody these slips of paper and it said on the paper, what would you like to be called? Yeah. So, like for me, my name is Daniel. So, I guess he was looking for if I just want to be called Daniel, Dan, Danny, yeah, whatever. So he starts going through the slips there, and he's like, "Okay, we've got uh, Daniel," and you know, then goes through all the names, and then he gets the one. He totally stops. And he's like, "Um, is there a viper here?" <laughs> so, the and then the guy. So the guy. Anyway, you just had to know the kid who wrote it. But uh, kind of nerdy, dork, got bullied a lot, unfortunately, kind of part of it. But you had to know, like, as he was – so basically, he was like – he took it to mean, like, if I could choose any name in the world, what would I like to be called? Right. So uh, he was the only one who took it that way. So, you know, as he was going through these names, he's like, okay, we've got uh, Daniel and so on and so forth. You know he was sweating it at that point. Oh, no. Yeah. That's not what the question meant. <laughs> So then he gets to it, um, Viper? So his, his real name was Tony. So you know for the next four years his name was Viper. Of course. So in the hallway, hey, Viper, what's up? <laughs> oh, yeah, that is kind of funny, though. Like, it's one of those things where, well, I gosh, I got to tell this story, too, because it's so funny. We, I had a um, <laughs> this computer class. In high school. And for whatever reason, it was a typing class. And so because it was typing, they wanted us to practice typing, you know, so we're typing out these stories. And so what it was is you had to write a paragraph of a fictional story. You could use yourself. You could use a fictional name, anything you wanted, essentially. That's the that's the assignment. But we know nothing more at that point. So everyone writes their one paragraph. And then she's like, all right, now everybody stand up and go to a different chair. Oh, okay. So now we have to continue this story, right? Uh-huh. And and basically it was going to be like a five or six paragraph story and you take in what they have written and then you 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 change it. So I <laughs> I get this kid's chair like third, fourth paragraph and he's like this super cocky dude like his name was Jason and he's like, "Man, I'm the baddest dude walking the face of the earth." One of those type of guys. Uh-huh. And his story is just about how awesome he is. And, uh, and so, and like the people continued his story based upon how he started it. Well, I got it. Right. And I was like, um, you know, after, 
after, you know, winning the lottery and becoming a multimillionaire and driving this really nice car, I realized I wasn't fulfilled in life. I joined the circus and realized my real name is Scooter. (laughs) I just made him this total goof. And what was bad is like, (laughs) when we finished it, like he didn't know any of this. And like, we all had to read them out loud. These stories that all kind of took place. And he was like, so mad that someone that I did. Oh, that. so he had to read his own story that yeah. everybody had messed with. <laughs> Cause like everyone's laughing hysterically. Cause you know, he's just like, I'm just a super cool guy. I'm rich. I got nice cars. I got all these women. And then I joined the circus and go by my real name, which is Scooter. And yeah, (laughs) which is because it was funny as some of the, like all the stories that I touched completely changed. All the rest of them kind of went in line with it, but I was just like, no, I'm going to have fun with this. And yeah, I just, that, but that was the funniest one of all of them because it was so just 180 from what it had been. And then the people that came behind me, you know, like continued it on, which was even better. Oh, yeah, that's fantastic. Fun times. But anyway, we're about wrapped up on time here. Uh, So I think it's time to spin the wheel again. What do you say? Sounds good. So we covered what, like uh, how we got in trouble at school and then also bad teachers and John Candy and Robin Williams, I think. So I think we're good for today. school that didn't get us in (laughs) trouble but probably should have. Right. (laughs) All right, let's see what what next week. And and how to spell the word channel. Good times. You're not going to believe this. Next week, we are covering TGIF. Are you faking me out or is this the real deal? It it landed on TGIF for, for episode 40. What are the chances? That's been on since the very beginning. Yep, our original wheel is now officially wiped out. It's all new topics from here. I love it. Yep, it took 40 episodes, but we got rid of our original 10 topics. Thank goodness it's Friday. That will be a really fun one to dive into. Yeah, TGIF, great, fantastic. Like, like just nothing better in the 90s. Like, I I feel like, I know I said it uh, about Happy Meals, like there's, there's some things that you could put on the Mount Rushmore of, like, 90s nostalgia you know, Happy Meals is probably one of them. Yeah. And I feel like TGIF is probably on the Mount Rushmore of 90s nostalgia. I, I agree completely. Um, it is episode 39, so it's an odd-numbered episode, which means it is your week for a plug of the week. Do you have something or someone that you would like to plug for this episode? Sure. Uh, Chanel9.com. <laughs> <laughs> Steve Hoker's uh, already looked it up. I know it. Oh, yeah. Oh, everybody looked it up. Um, so, actually, I could use the uh, – it's an app, not an app. Well, I mean, I guess it's an app. But, anyway, it's a website on the computer, the uh, Internet machine, called Fake You. And uh, that's the app or thing I used when I did the our intro on the Saturday Morning Rumble Wheel mm. with Mean Gene Okerlund. Nice. So, yeah, it's uh, Fake You, and it's got so much stuff on there. Like, I, I can, you can really find just about anybody you're looking for. So wrestling-wise, I mean, they've got all the main stars, like Stone Cold. They've got Jim Ross, obviously Mean Gene Okerlund, The Rock, anybody you would want. But then they also have a bunch of other stuff like Simpsons characters or probably Beavis and Butthead and um, pretty much anyone famous is on there. 
don't really know how it works um, other than you just type out whatever it is you want them to say. And because it is kind of uh, automated and robotic, like I kind of had to type it out certain ways and put spaces, mm. you know, certain places to uh, make it sound right. Or, or I had to do like, like for the rumble wheel, like I think I had to have Mean Gene Okerlund say Saturday morning and then I needed to have him say separately rumble wheel and then I would just splice those two together. Gotcha. And it came out sounding good. But if you put all all four words, Saturday morning rumble wheel, just doesn't quite sound right. So anyway, if you're looking for that type of stuff, you know, it's a pretty pretty fun website. Or if you're just looking for entertainment, you know, just to go on there, type random stuff and hear it in the voices of celebrities. So it's, uh, uh, yeah, it's a pretty good website. Fake you, like com. Yeah, I think so. Or just uh, Google fake you. And it'll probably probably pull up. I don't know if it's fakeu.com, but it might be. Gotcha. So yeah, pretty cool website if you're looking. I even thought about it for you because I know you hire you've hired people for your TB toy cast, yeah. like Beavis and Butt impersonator and Krusty the Clown, and don't know how it would come across doing like a full sixty second intro, but you know it sounds pretty good if you just need three or four words. Uh, I will say that was actually the same guy <laughs> that did both of those. Oh, was it? Yeah, he also does Homer Simpson and a few other uh, characters, but uh, no, it's been cool. So, um, but yeah, that's that's kind of cool. I think with AI and stuff like that, it's all kind of changing. Where like stuff like that's almost like like you said, you can kind of you can kind of do it all on your own, which is cool. In fact, we we should mention this because we haven't had a chance to talk about it since it aired. the uh, The Halloween intro you did was fantastic. Yeah, that was pretty fun. So definitely lots cool. of uh, lots of plugs in there. See if somebody out there, one of the listeners, like Steve Hoker, see if you can pick out every single reference in there. I don't know how many there are, but maybe somebody can count them up for us. There was a bunch, yeah. There was definitely a bunch. Um, but, yeah, thank you guys for checking out the Saturday Morning Rumble Wheel. Next week will be TGIF, so thank goodness it's Saturday morning because we will be covering that and all the fun shows that happened during that time, which was, to me, TGIF was classic, classic 90s. Like That was the, the best time ever for television, in my opinion. Oh, yeah. Well, we already talked about Boy Meets World uh, at a previous episode, so probably won't do a deep dive on that, but we can totally get into some uh, family matters or step-by-step or Full hang house. with Mr. Cooper. Full oh. house. Or get into the really early stuff. I don't remember. Who were those two guys? What the heck was that one show called? Perfect Strangers? Perfect Strangers, yep. yep. Well, I'm sure like TGIF probably had different shows at different times, so it'll be kind of cool to, to dive into that. So I'm looking forward to it. It should be fun. Yeah, I'll have to get a run list of every show that was ever on TGIF. Yeah, because I'm sure it changed. We'll have to, we'll have to go through them. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah that'll be fun. All right, well, thank you guys for checking out the Saturday Morning Rumble Wheel, and we'll see you next week with some more weekly nostalgia.